You're listening to episode 11 of the Fearless English podcast. Welcome to the Fearless English podcast, where it's all about helping you confidently communicate with anyone without compromising who you are. Let's get started, Fearless Learner. Today, I'm talking to Hadar, who is a friend and someone I admire in the ESL industry. She believes that you can speak clearly and confidently and still keep your voice in English. And that's what I wanted to talk to her about today. If you want to know more about her, I will add her details in the show notes. Let's get started. Hi, Hadar. <laughs> Hi, Halima. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm super excited to have you on the podcast to talk about pronunciation without identity loss. This is such an exciting topic for me and it's something that I want to understand a little bit better. So I'm excited to dive into the questions and understand it a little bit more from your point of view. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for, for inviting me. And I'd love to talk about that. You know, that's my thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's dive right in. Like, so the first thing is that I want to talk about the process a person would go through in order to start to think that I need to change my accent so that it can completely change my accent so that it is like an American accent or British accent, you know, the main ones. Could you just walk me through what is the journey that a student would go through in order to think uh, there's something wrong with me and I need to change it? Yeah. So there are a few aspects that we should talk about when we talk about shifting into a new accent, acquiring a new accent. A lot of people say reducing the foreign accent, but I don't like using the term reducing because you're only acquiring something when you're learning a new set of sounds and a new pronunciation. When you're just starting out, pronunciation is not a thing so much. You're really trying to figure out how to understand the words and translate your thoughts and get your point across with, you know, like the, the essentials of the language, which is knowing the words, right? And knowing how to put them together. But there comes a point where you're no longer just starting out where you start communicating with people more. And then the idea of pronunciation comes to play mm -hmm. for a few reasons. First, maybe you've learned English mostly through reading and writing, and all of a sudden you realize that you have no idea how a word needs to sound and be pronounced. And then that creates this lack of clarity. People don't understand what you're trying to say. That could also affect your confidence because you're, you know that you don't know how to say the word and it doesn't come to you as naturally as it does in your native language, then you avoid using a certain word. Mm -hmm. The same case happens with sounds. Sometimes, you know, at the beginning, we are ignorant. We don't know the difference. We don't feel that our R is different or there are like a gazillion vowels in English. And in your native language, maybe you have five. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I wasn't even aware of it. I'm just mm -hmm. trying to survive. I'm just trying to find the right words not to think about the vowel if it's e or i, right? Yeah. Uh, but then the more you learn and the more you become confident, you start noticing these things. And especially for people who are perfectionists, 
who want to get everything right, it starts to become an obstacle. Mm -hmm. And then it affects not only your clarity, but also your confidence because you start becoming a little more judgmental and you don't like how you sound. Mm -hmm. So you, you want to start to shift that. And then also comes the external world. And sometimes people experience bias and discrimination where they say something and people comment on how they sound. Maybe they make fun of their accent. They don't think their English is good enough because of how they sound. So sometimes people experience these external situations that make them feel or think that the way it's like now is not good enough because they're not going to be accepted. They're not going to be welcomed. They, they're they not going to feel like they belong in the language, especially people who immigrate to a country where English is spoken, like the UK or the US or Australia or Canada. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, <laughs> you get the point. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the thing is, that like if they constantly experience those comments and uh, responses, you know, because you want to feel a part of the culture that you're in, it's really hard to say, hey, this is me. I'm going to be me and you are going to have to adapt. No, like usually we want to change ourselves. Then yes. the first thing that people hear when we use English in this case is our our sounds, our accent and our voice. Yeah. These two things before words, before grammar, before everything else. So you get to a point where either the environment requires you to do that or your internal self, because you become too judgmental or you just feel inhibited. You really don't feel like you're being clear. And sometimes it's really a matter of clarity. And this is, mm -hmm. yeah, this is the real case why you should work on your pronunciation, because when it comes to, you know, not being able to say what you want to say then it's important to understand how your mouth works and how to say it in a way that other people understand it. Right? So I said a few things here and it might be confusing, so I'm going to organize it. There is like the baseline of being clear. Then there is this idea of just having the confidence to use all the words and sounds, right? The internal judgment yeah. and wanting to, to, to say it right. And then there are the external circumstances where you feel like you are required to shift how you sound because otherwise, you know, people are going to point out your otherness all the time. Mm. Uh, yeah. You did like mention quite a few things that, but the, the thing that like, I really, that came out to me was the very first thing is like you said that pronunciation is something that you think is acquired rather than um, something you lack you know what I mean? So you already mm. like have certain sounds in your own language. So that's why yeah. each and every country, I mean, uh, language has its own, let's say, sounds. Like I always imagine it like a each person has a bag of sounds and yeah. that bag is just missing certain sounds that maybe is not there. Like in Arabic, P isn't available in, that, in the yeah. Arabic language. So what tends to happen is it's more difficult because you just haven't acquired that specific sound. So that's why like I really dislike it when I hear like almost like fixing, like I don't like that oh, term. Yeah. It's more like you're acquiring a new skill, a new way to say something rather than, oh, there's something missing about you and you need to change that or like, let's get on trying to make it amend what is broken or fix what's broken. 
Yeah. A hundred percent. And this is why I think that the language we use, especially the language that is used in the industry when it comes to pronunciation teaching is so incredibly important. And what you're saying now is the point of, you know, when you constantly tell students that they need to reduce their accent, that Mm -hmm. uh, they need to sound like a native, Mm. that they need to change their voice to sound more American or more, you know, British, Brit, then the main thing it projects or it the, the message it sends is that the way you are now is just not good enough, right? Yes. So you need to change those elements. Instead of here is like, you know, like you said, you have a bag of sounds. Let me add some more sounds to that bag so it's richer. So you have yeah. the freedom to use whatever sounds you want. I always give this, that example, you know, English is not my first language. And I have learned all the sounds of English. I wasn't always using all the sounds that I'm using right now. But because it's in my bag, it's not like I have the ability to go back to my Israeli accent and have a more flat intonation or maybe, you know, sounds. When I shift to that voice or to those sounds, sometimes it's easier for some people to understand me. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to shift back and forth between, you know, and using the sounds that I know would convey my message best to the person I'm speaking with at that moment. So it's just, it's another skill that you acquire and then you use it whenever you need to. It's a costume that you put on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Um, my accent changes when I'm speaking to my students or if if it's someone who English is not their first language, like my parents, I speak to them great with graded language. Um, and depending on where I am and who I'm speaking to, I find myself adapting to that person. If I'm speaking to an American, I tend to use certain words so that they understand better, yeah. believe it or not. There was a point where they didn't understand what I was trying to say in the US and I had to switch my vocabulary. But that's just an example of switching and adapting depending on yeah. where you are so that the goal, which is the first point you spoke about, is clarity, communication, the message to be sent to the other person. Yeah. And like, it's about, it's about them, right? On one hand, like I understand what they need and I'm going to give it to them, but not, it doesn't come from a place of weakness. It's not like I need to step up, but it's like, I'm accommodating them and I'm using. So for example, learning pronunciation of English is just a way to accommodate people to make it easier for them and also to make it easier for you to communicate your message and to get what you want because ultimately you want to be able to communicate and to be persuasive and to have impact and make people feel and you do that with your voice and the sounds that you use because if it's not clear if it doesn't resonate, if it doesn't hit the place that, you know, if it's not what they expect to hear, then it's just going to take you longer to explain that. And sometimes you won't know if people understand you or not. So it really is just like another way of communicating. And if we can, if we leave it at that, if we understand that this is something, it's not essential, but it's going to help you, it takes away the pressure And, you know, the anxiety that is associated with making mistakes and not sounding a certain way. Yeah. Let's take an example of a student that has an Indian accent. 
and they're in India. And that's going to be the majority of the time they're going to be communicating with other Indian people. So the thing is, like, I, I find it weird when, say, somebody from India tries to sound like they're from England just to impress the people around them. And then that's when it comes to the point of, like, I want people to think differently about me. It happens in the UK as well. So certain people from certain regions are deemed to be higher class than other regions. So everybody is trying to sound, to have the PR accent. Um, mm -hmm. So in terms of like when someone has that pressure, what happens to a person when someone completely say rejects their accent because for some reason they think that the accent is not good enough for that position or the role or just any other reason, what happens mentally to that person? Could you mm. explain that to, that to us a little bit? Well, I'm going to talk about the imposter syndrome, which mm. is the feeling that we are not good enough and uh, the inability to acknowledge or even see our achievements. Like we're constantly thinking that whatever we've achieved in life is it's not real achievements and people are going to discover the real self, like the fact that we're a fraud. Mm. And um, and that's even more the case when you speak a second language because you don't feel like it, you don't have that authentic connection to the language. And then when you use a different accent, when you use it externally, like I think this is how I need to sound without doing the entire process of making the sounds your own and making sure that your voice is still connected to yourself and that it is your voice and it's the most optimal voice and you're not just trying to project and sound like something that your idea of how you should sound if you lived here or if you were born here or there, right? So sometimes we do that externally. We don't feel authentic. We feel artificial. And then when people point it out, it's like they're hitting us in the like our softest spot or our most painful spot. They're saying you're a fake. And if I'm already thinking that about myself, then it's just confirmation to all the bad and negative things that I'm thinking about myself. Mm -hmm. So from that place to succeed and to thrive and to feel confident and to speak up and to share your thoughts with the world, that is that becomes really, really difficult, right? So you're constantly trying to live up to this image that you've created for yourself. And it creates this feeling of this insufficient feeling and this feeling like, you know, you keep disappointing yourself. Mm. And that is that is not a place where you want to be, you know. And it's not just about English, but but English is it's the language that you use, especially if you live for, for those people, if they live in the UK, they use it constantly. And if they get that reflection all the time, then it really affects your self-worth. And your self-esteem and self-confidence and all the self-things in the world because it's it's about you. It's just about you. So the shift here should not be external, but internal. So first of all, you have to be in peace with who you are and how you sound with your native accident. For, yeah. You got to learn how to love that. I think love that's the that. first, first step ever. Like I think before 100%. you take a course or start even doing anything, I think working on loving where you are at that moment. Yeah. In I think 
that's so important because you could end up just thinking, you know what, <laughs> I'm okay where I am. Because I think it's, I think I heard it somewhere else. It's with anything that you want to improve, you have to accept where you are at that moment yeah. in time in order to, you know, improve in the right way and actually yeah. continue improving and getting better at whatever it is that you want to do. Okay, and, so accept, okay, and I would also say appreciate, right? Appreciate mm. the journey that has led you to to where you are today. You are speaking a second language. Like, let's just acknowledge that and and appreciate that because yeah. that's not you can't take that for granted. A lot of people don't speak a second language, and you are so that's already amazing. And then if we want to add up to that, great, but your starting point is already enough. I love that. So I want to move on to the last part, which is how can someone begin to learn to improve how they sound or like you said, add without compromising their identity? So what are some of the tips? Like what is the, f the first few things they can start doing? I think you've covered the first one, which is like accepting wh where you are and who yeah. you are first. So that could be the first tip. Um, is there anything else? So, um, yes, absolutely. So then you, you start the journey of understanding what your pronunciation needs are. Now, it's really easy to fall into the YouTube rabbit hole and watch all the pronunciation lessons out there and discover all the beautiful sounds of American English and intonation patterns and everything and try to consume <laughs> all of that and learn all of that and just apply everything. And it's impossible. And there's no need for that, especially, you know, when you're just starting out because people have different speech needs and not everything that you see on YouTube or in a given course is going to be relevant for you. So you have to yes. understand what it is that you need. So I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to suggest how to identify your speech needs. And then I'm going to share with you my priority list that I follow when I work with my students so that people know what they should focus on if they struggle with some of the things that I mentioned, then they would know what's more important than, you know, maybe something else that they might think they need to work on. Okay. So the first thing is I always talk about the 80-20 rule when it comes to learning pronunciation. You don't need to learn all the sounds, only the sounds that affect your clarity, which means sounds that are hard for you to pronounce. So if you tend to avoid words with R, then you need to work on the pronunciation of the R sound because it's, even if your R is clear to some people, for example, if you use the trilled R like R and you say right instead of right, let me tell you this, everyone will understand you or almost everyone, right? People who are compassionate and, and are open will understand you. Why? Because it's an easy substitution, very common substitution. There are some dialects in English that use the trilled R, like Scottish, for example. So this substitution exists. So it's not a big deal. But if you feel that it's a big deal and you're constantly struggling with it and you're trying to make the R and it doesn't... so. That means that it takes up a lot of space in your brain when you're speaking, which affects your fluency and your confidence and all of that good stuff. So I would put the R sound on the list if you're 
thinking about it on a daily basis. If there is a sound or certain words that you say and people just don't get that word that you just said, right? Um, then ask yourself why. Is there a specific sound, vowel or consonant that you used and it wasn't what they expected to hear? For example, let's say the L at the end of the word. And um, maybe you turn it into a W sound and you may say well instead of well. And people always ask you to repeat yourself when there are words with the L sound at the end, then probably that would be a sign that you should work on the L sound because it creates this friction in a conversation. We don't want friction. We want everything to flow clearly and easily because again, you can always repeat the word. You can always spell it out. But if it affects your confidence speaking, then it's not worth that. And you mm -hmm. can work on it and acquire a new sound and then start using it and implementing it. So things that you're aware of, things that you understand that people don't understand you, right? Like certain sounds that people don't understand. These are the things that you should focus on. When it comes to the priority list, I would say this. If, A, you tend to shift the stress, which means, you know, to say words like frustrating or I'll take a, a less controversial example, the word controversial. Maybe you say controversial, you put the stress at the end, right? That will not be clear. If someone's expecting to hear the stress on controversial, the ver sound, the ver syllable, and they hear it in a different place, they might be looking for a different word. It, it, it will affect your clarity and the flow of the conversation. So this is definitely something that I would focus on if this is something that you do. If you drop consonants, let's say your language does not permit a lot of consonants at the end, like a sequence of consonants. So you tend to drop consonants and you may say tech instead of texts. That will affect your clarity. 100%. So you definitely want to learn how to say all those sounds at the end and not drop any sounds. If you add vowels, so for example, still the word texts, if one of the ways for you to break that constraint, right, if you, this is not allowed in your native language, so you might say text do, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're adding another syllable and people, you know, when you, they hear you say that word, they might be looking for a word that has two syllables, whereas you just said you intended to yeah. say the word text, right? So dropping consonants, adding vowels, adding syllables to a word, dropping syllables pract instead of practice. For example, sometimes Brazilian Portuguese speakers may reduce syllables and add syllables. So these are things that are essential for you to work on if you find yourself doing because it will affect your clarity you know, no matter who you're speaking with. Then we have all the key sounds like the R and the L, right? They're important, but not as important as making sure that you're not dropping consonants. Yeah. There is actually one more thing. Before that, I would say switching consonants, flipping between consonants. So for example, putting an L instead of a W or putting an, a W instead of an L, R and L, M and N. If you change one consonant with, with another consonant that exists in English, that would be confusing because then they might hear different words. And then comes all the, you know, pronunciation of the R, pronunciation of the L, the TH, not that critical, right? Because if you say they instead of they, usually people understand that. But mm -hmm. because people are concerned about the sound, 
sometimes, yes, we say, okay, put it on your list, put it on your medium priority list, let's say. And then after that, the vowels like sheep, ship, bed, bad. And after that, all the nuances. You know, I would add also to the high priority list if the flow of the sentence, if you're not able to distinguish between more important words and less important words, I think this is definitely something that you might want to focus on, what I call prosody, like content words versus function words, intonation, rhythm, stress, all of that. That could also be very useful for some speakers. Amazing. We just got a a mini course on pronunciation there. (laughs) (laughs) That was amazing, Heather. Thank you so much um, for going through that. I think that's really useful. And I think when I summarize everything you've said is just basically focus on the fact that you're communicating first, clarity, making sure that it is about acquiring a skill, like little mini skills on each sound. Um, And uh, I remember learning that the number one reason people misunderstand English as a second language learners is actually pronunciation. That comes Mm -hmm. number one, like over even grammar and vocabulary. So because it does literally change what it is that you're saying. So the person on the other side can't guess what you want to say because you've completely changed the word or, you know, the sound that you're trying to make. So I I really loved all those points and I hope that students take away at least like one thing from here is like first is the journey of acceptance. And I think that's Mm -hmm. an important, important part. It is something that I had actually go through because when I came to the UK, I didn't really accept where I was from. I, like you said, like as soon as you said it, I understood what you meant because when you come to a new place, you immediately almost want to copy paste yourself into the new society that you deem to be the better society or the, the more advanced or whatever it is for you. Yeah. So look out for the fact that, you know, you are not trying to kind of like focus on a certain identity because you you deem it to be better than your own. Um, I think that's where it starts, acceptance. And it, it is a long journey. It is something that you have to keep working on because for years I remember trying to avoid, to, even when someone says, hey, w- where are you from? I just kind of tried to not answer that question. That's where I was to now like yeah. I, I fully accept where I'm from. And it's completely I guess it's a lot easier when you start there and you then you go on adding rather than coming from a place of lack and trying to you know improve yourself from a place of hollowness and not accepting yourself so thank you so much for sharing that yeah like you know when you spoke now and you had your own personal journey coming to the UK I moved to the US when I was 21 and had like similar experiences with the language like an acceptance and all of that and you know we went through such a long journey until we we're able to sit here in front of the mic and yes. talk about it with confidence and talk and speak English with confidence and like if we could save a little bit of that time because mm. you don't get to this place until you fully accept yourself and all your flaws and all your mistakes percent. and all of that. So if, you know, you guys listening, you ladies and, and everyone listening, then you just need to know that that's the only way to get there. 
So the sooner you start working on your mindset and working on accepting yourself, the sooner you'll be where you want to be. And there's like such a wide spectrum before between where you are now and speak like a native, right? There isn't one end goal. So it's not about the result. It's about appreciating the journey and learning something every single day and um, and enjoying it, really, because it becomes this a part of who you are and a part of your daily life, which is, you know, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah. And, and more enjoyable because yeah. I know how I felt the tension you feel when you try and um, either like be someone else or try sound like someone else without fully accepting where you are in that moment in time. So I can fully understand how much of a difference it would make if someone just worked on that first and then said, okay, what is that one sound that I need to improve on and work on that and just take it step by step rather than... Yeah, one sound at a time. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're going to end this part of the conversation. Thank you so much, Hader. Now we're going to move on to the I guess like everybody gets to like answer this part of the podcast which is the first question what is your favorite English word (laughs) oh gosh wait let me think about it Uh, (laughs) I don't think I have one but I'm trying to think of one that (laughs) what is the first word that comes to mind (laughs) contribute Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay. The next question is, are you currently learning any other language? Uh, No, but I'm planning on learning Arabic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. And, and the last part is what is like one message before we go that you want to share with the listeners? Um, so I'm going to say what I say at the end of almost every video that I create, every episode that I create is that you know, don't be afraid of making mistakes because mistakes is the only way to learn. And if you keep that mantra, every time you make a mistake, that gives you a little more, like you start incorporating more forgiveness and appreciation for the mistakes, you know, when you make them, because it's just, that's another milestone in your learning process. And that shift can really help you kind of like get rid of all the baggage and the negativity and just, embracing your English self. That's it. Amazing. Thank you so much Mm. for ending it in that way. That was an amazing uh, way (laughs) to end this conversation. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. It has been a pleasure. Oh, Halima, thank you so much. And thank you for being such a powerful and fearless voice in our <laughs> you know, industry and the work that we oh. do. I love everything that you do. And I so appreciate your insights and your voice. Um, so thank you. And congratulations on the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you, listener, for listening. And I'll see you guys next week. Hello. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you have to come and check out the Female Language Academy. It's my monthly membership for women where I provide lessons to help students develop their English fluency. All you have to do is go to www.blackboardenglish.com forward slash FLA. That's www.blackboardenglish.com blackboardenglish.com forward slash FLA. See you in class.